Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. We're going to continue our series from the book of Proverbs. We're in week four of a five-week series in Proverbs. We're talking about parroting from Proverbs, parental guidance. And so today we'll talk about focusing on the heart. Um, There's an old story that Adrian Rogers used to tell, a classic story about a father who had a little four-year-old son, and he told his four-year-old son to sit down, but the son didn't want to sit down. So the father said a second time, son, I said sit down, and the boy still didn't sit down. So the dad gently took his shoulders and put put him in place to where he could sit down in the chair. Now, son, sit here, he said. And the little boy answered, Dad, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. You're going to know that story. That's the difference between compliance and obedience. See, compliance outwardly conforms to, you know, what the directions are. But obedience is where the want to on the inside is aligned as well. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is about focusing on the heart. The the Proverbs really expose our hearts and why we need to look past the behavior and look at the real issues. Ted Tripp's got a great resource, if you want to check it out, called Shepherding a Child's Heart. I want to read a couple quotes from him. One, he says, parents tend to focus on the externals of behavior rather than the internal overflow of the heart. And isn't that true? I mean... Many times we're dealing with the behavior. We just want it to stop, 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 you know. And, uh, but then we're in a hurry. We've got things to do, and we don't deal with the, the issues of the heart. Um, Ted Tripp goes on to say, The Scripture teaches that the heart is the control center for life. A person's life is a reflection of his heart. And that's true. I want us to look at some Scriptures. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 I remember as a young man when I read this for the first time, and it just jumped out at me. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. I think uh, the old NIV used to say, guard your heart with diligence, for it is the wellspring of life. In other words, all the issues uh, that you're going to deal with in life, all the, all the problems that you're going to face in this life, even all the opportunities that you look forward to in life, they're all going to hit you in the heart. And you've got to learn how to deal with your heart. If you can master dealing with your heart, the rest of it will take care of itself. And so guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 7. Jesus said, for from within, out of people's hearts come Evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. You'll remember that context of that. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and they were like, why don't your uh, disciples wash their hands? And he says, What makes a man unclean? What goes in or what comes out? And Jesus said, what makes a man unclean is what comes out of his heart. Out of the heart come all these things, and that's what makes us unclean and defiles us. 
Jesus went on to say in Luke chapter 6, in Luke 6, 45, a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. And so the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And you and I have got to recognize that. Now let's look at a few Proverbs this morning to show us how important the heart really is. First of all, we learn that our heart reveals who we really are. In Proverbs 27, verse 19, the Bible says, As water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the person. Uh, think about that. When you walk up to a, uh, a pool of water and you stand over it and you see your reflection in it, that's one thing. And when we stand in front of a mirror, we see our own reflection. But did you know that our heart is the thing that reflects who we are to other people? Uh, those that we love, those that we're close to, they see past the activities. They see past the, the behaviors and they see the attitudes and they see the heart. So as water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the person. Our heart reveals who we really are. Well, also we learn something else that's vital for us to understand in Proverbs, and that is that God tests our hearts. Look, if you will, in Proverbs 15.11. In Proverbs 15.11, Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord. How much more human hearts? Now, Sheol and Abaddon deal with the dwelling of the dead, and if God is the only one that can can see beyond death, and he sees it clearly, and he knows exactly uh, what it's like, how much more can he look at our hearts, yours and mine, and see what's really there? Proverbs 17, verse 3, A crucible for silver and a smelter for gold, and the Lord is the tester of the hearts. Think about that. You know, there's things that you do to purify silver and gold, and as you're purifying it, you see the impurities. You can separate those impurities from the gold to make it look so splendor and glorious and shiny. And yet, what, what do we have when it comes to looking at our hearts? What, what, what exists out there that can see into our hearts what's there and that can sift through it all and see what's really, really there? There's not a machine that can do that. There, there might be a, a machine that, you know, obviously, that on a medical perspective that can look at your heart and tell you all about the physical parts and the biological parts. But I'm talking about seeing into your heart and knowing who you really are and how you really feel and what you really think. God is the one that does that. He is the one that knows our hearts. He is the one that examines our hearts. He is the one who test our hearts. And then there's another thing I see in Proverbs that we need to be warned about. It's something that I've heard a lot through the years. How many times have you heard people say, if you want to be happy in life, just follow your heart. You know, and, and I think the the intention there is good, right? In other words, you know, you know, you you do what you feel passionate about. You do what you're good at. The the intention is, is good, but let's look at that uh, again. When people say just follow your heart, the Bible would say, "Hold on. That's not wise." Let me tell you why. There's a proverb, Proverbs 14:12. It says, "There is a way that seems right to a person, 
but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. You know, if we just do what comes natural, if we just do what feels right, if we just do what we want to do, if we just follow our heart, that can take us in the wrong direction really fast. That's why we have to be careful. Jeremiah the prophet said in chapter 17, verse 9 and 10, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Now think about that. Why would Jeremiah say that the heart is deceitful? you got to think about who's saying this. Now, the Lord is saying it through Jeremiah, but what did Jeremiah do? Jeremiah was a prophet, not only to Israel, but to all the nations. And he had the thankless job. He was known as the weeping prophet. You know why he was known as the weeping prophet? Because he was so burdened with the message of repentance that God gave him to share with people that they didn't want to hear it. And when they didn't want to hear it, it broke his heart. And he, he used a graphic language. He would say, and I didn't say foul language, I said graphic language. He used graphic language to say, look, you've turned your back to God and not your face. You're, you're honoring God with your lips and not your lives. You need to turn. You need to get right. You need to repent. You need to do these things. And he was very specific, very graphic, very confrontational in his preaching. And the people did not want to hear it. And so Jeremiah says the heart is more deceitful than anything else. It's incurable. Who can understand it? In other words, you can tell people what's wrong with their lives. You can show them the cure and they can look at you and go, "Mm -hmm. yeah, so what? I don't care. And go about their business and, and pretend like they never even heard it because they're not interested in it. They don't want to do it. And that's what's so dangerous about our heart. Go back to that little story I told you at the beginning. Have you ever felt like that little boy? You're told to sit down. And eventually you conform on the outside because you kind of have to. But on the inside, absolutely not. And see, that's the danger of our hearts. Our hearts are so stubborn. Our hearts are so selfish. Our hearts are so sinful. We want to do what we want to do. And we don't want anybody else telling us what to do. And then when we persist doing things our own way and we're confronted with truth, we're confronted with love, we're confronted by God, we can tell ourselves what we want to hear and continue down the path that we have chosen for ourselves and we deceive ourselves saying, it's not hurting anybody, I'm okay, everything's fine, it's all going to be all right. And you can say that all the way to the end. And so Jeremiah says that's why the heart is more deceitful than anything else. It's incurable. Who can understand it? He asks the question, who can understand our hearts? Who can cure our hearts? And then he gives us the answer in verse 10. I, the Lord, examine the mind. I test the heart to give to each according to his way, according to what his actions deserve. Now, if you want to know why, Judgment Day is so concerning for people. It's, it's concerning for several reasons. Number one, there is a God. Number two, there is going to be a day where he's going to hold everyone accountable. And number three, he's got perfect knowledge. He doesn't depend on technology. 
and say, oh, the camera didn't pick that up. Oh, the microphone didn't fi uh, uh, hear that. Oh, we don't have any data to, to verify that that happened. Oh, I, I lost my receipts. No, none of that's going to happen on Judgment Day. Why? Because God's got perfect knowledge. He can see into our lives and He can see our hearts. He knows the condition of our hearts. He knows where we are with Him. He knows why we are there. He knows all the decisions that led us to the point to where we ended up in this place. And He can see your hearts. He can see your motives. He knows why you feel the way you feel and why you're doing what you're doing. And if you try to offer an excuse or an alibi, He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He has perfect knowledge. So the question today is this. How do we deal with our hearts before God deals with us on Judgment Day? I mean, is there a way for us to go to God and say, God, I need help. Lord, I'm a, I'm a mess. I, I need you to do something to my heart. I need you to change my life. I don't want to live this way. What can I do? How do we deal with our hearts? I'm going to give you three steps that you can take. Number one is let God search your heart. Psalm 139 Psalm of David, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. I would call this a spiritual checkup. You know, we all go to the doctor from time to time. And not just the doctor, the eye doctor, the dentist, and so on and so forth. we got all these people that are looking at us from different angles and different perspectives, and we're getting checked out. We're getting a checkup. We're making sure everything's good. In the same way, you and I need a spiritual checkup. And you might say, well, how do you do that? Do you, do you start going to church if you stopped? Well, that, that's good, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about letting God search your heart. Now, it starts with a prayer. It starts with the attitude of prayer. You simply go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to search my heart. I need you to show me if there's something in my heart that I need to deal with that has come between me and you. And I want to tell you something. When you start praying like this, I promise you God's going to speak. And uh, my prayer is that you and I will listen. You know, sometimes we talk about prayer and people are like, well, I, you know, you, you can always have a good conversation with someone when it comes to prayer. You know, how often do you pray or, you know, this, that, and the other. But here's the best question of all. When's the last time God's answered your prayers? Think about that for a minute. When's the last time God answered your prayers? And hopefully... It hasn't been that long ago because, see, we live this life by faith in Christ. We walk by faith, not by sight. So if we're living by faith, that means we're trusting God. And so we're always going to Him with an attitude of prayer. We're always seeking Him. We're always depending on Him. We're, we're asking Him for things and so on and so forth. And as we have that conversation because we have that relationship with Him, as we begin to pray, we see God work in our prayers. We see Him answer our prayers. It may not always be the answer we want, but we see Him answer our prayers. And so the, the most powerful prayer of all is when you come to God and say, God, search my heart. Show me if there's something that I need to deal with that's come between me and you. And Lord, give me the courage to do the right thing. 
That's the first thing that we need to do. If we're going to deal with our hearts, is we have to be willing to have that spiritual checkup with the great physician. He can meet you anytime, anywhere, any place. as soon as you say, Lord, search my heart. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes that is a hard prayer to pray. I can remember years ago in a previous place where I served, God was preparing me to do something that I didn't want to do. And I went and talked to a mentor about it, and we had a great conversation. He says, Corey, just promise me one thing, you'll pray about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, now, seriously, you're going to pray about it. And I realized he was serious, and I, I, I finally, I did not immediately, but I finally said, yeah, I'll pray about it. And I look back now because he knew me well enough to know. He knew me, he knew my situation, and he could see the answer and I couldn't, Danny. It was like that, you know, that plank in the eye, right? He could see it. I couldn't. And when I finally had the courage a few days later to pray about it, the answer from God was swift and immediate. This is what I want you to do. And it was the one thing I didn't want to do. And so sometimes this prayer of asking God to search your heart, it's a little scary if you're being stubborn or selfish or you just don't want to do something that you're afraid God might make you want to do. But I want to tell you, until you have that conversation, until you clear the air and say, God, search my heart, show me if there's something that I need to deal with, it's not going to get any better. That's the first step you have to do when it comes to dealing with your heart. The second step is to let God change your heart. Okay, Not only let God search your heart, but let God change your heart. Now, God can change hearts. That's the business that he's in. He can change lives every single day, and he does. But at the end of the day, when we have an encounter with God, he's not going to force himself upon us. We've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And so let God change your heart. David, again, wrote in Psalm 51, verse 10, God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Now, if you know the background of this psalm, you will know that David got to a very dark place in his life. He got to the point to where he began to coast and he didn't try anymore. And he thought he, he, thought he was above failure, that he couldn't do anything wrong. And then in a weak moment, he compromised and he allowed sin into his life. He committed adultery. He committed murder, trying to cover it up. And then one day, Nathan the prophet comes and confronts him with a story that captures his imagination and he pronounces judgment on this story. And then Nathan flips the script and says, David, you're the man. And all of a sudden, the exposure comes, the light of God shone on his life, and he realized, man, I have blown it. I have sinned against God. I need to change. And so he asked God, create in me a clean heart, renew a, re a steadfast spirit within me. And so David was at a point of brokenness to where he allowed God to change his heart. You know, many times that's what happens, right? It has to get worse before it can get better. And many times you and I in our life with God, if things aren't right, if things aren't where they need to be or should be, we have to get to a point of humility, of brokenness, to where we say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, I was wrong. Lord, I don't want to hold on to this anymore. Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. And we ask God to change our hearts, okay? It takes courage 
to say, Lord, search my heart. Because that's opening the door to say, God, I want you to show me. If there's something I don't see that I need to see, I want you to show me. And he will, and he does. But then once he shows you, what are you going to do about it? And you've got to say, Lord, change my heart. That's, you know, a prayer that I used to pray. You know, Lord, make me willing. You know, I grew, growing up, I was a very stubborn person. If I didn't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. So, Lord, make me willing. Have you ever prayed, Lord, make me willing to be willing? Well, you have to pray that sometimes. Let God change your heart. There's a third thing, that, a third step that we do here. Let God search your heart. Let God change your heart. And the third thing is, let God guard your heart. Now, think about it. You know, you might say, Pastor, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm where I need to be right now with Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And things are going well right now. They couldn't be better. That's great. But let me still help you out and save you some time and pain. Let God guard your heart. Don't depend on your own strength. Your heart, your flesh will fail. We all have our limits. We all have our moments where we get weak, we get discouraged, all of a sudden we accept defeat, and then we begin to compromise and do things that maybe we normally wouldn't do. So how do we keep that from happening? That is, we have to let God guard our heart. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul the Apostle, who is writing from prison, and the last time he was at Philippi, or should I say the first time he was in Philippi, he was in prison for preaching the gospel. And now he's writing a letter to this same said church, this same congregation, and now he's in a different prison. Why? Because he's preaching the gospel, okay? And he says here, uh, instead of, you know, oh, poor me, oh, ain't life hard? No, look at what he says. It's so practical. He says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you and I, We'll obey God fully from the heart. If we'll simply do what He's called us to do and we'll maintain that daily walk with Him, we'll maintain that prayer life where we're always seeking Him, trusting Him, depending on Him to meet our needs and to answer our prayers, then what happens is this. If we're not worrying about anything, but we're praying about everything with right heart, that is with thanksgiving, and we present our requests and our needs to God, then He promises to do something. He promises that His peace, which will surpass all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now, it's hard to put this into words, but let me say it this way, and maybe you can go, yeah, I've seen that before. Have you ever seen someone before, they're going through a really tough situation? They're going through a trial of some kind. I mean, you, you, you find out about their story, and you look at them, and you go, man, I, I don't know how they're going through that. Like, man, I don't know how I would handle it if I was in their shoes. But you look at them, and they're going through this situation, and they seem to go through it with such dignity, with grace, almost kind of in a weird sort of way with a little bit of joy. I mean, like, they have this bubbly 
uh, joyful attitude, and for some reason their, their circumstances just can't put out their fire, you know? And you look at these people and you go, man, I, I wish I was more like that. I mean, how in the world, how can, they, how can they think like that? How can they live like that? Let me tell you, what you're seeing is someone that's living Philippians 4, 6, and 7. In their heart, they're trusting God. In their life, they're seeking Him, they're praying to Him, they're crying out to Him, and they're fully depending on Him. And because they're meeting those conditions, you know what God's promise is doing? He says, I'm going to give that person peace beyond understanding. In other words, other people are going to look at them and go, I don't get it. Like, what, what are they doing? What are they, what are they taking? What are the, what's really going on behind the scenes? It's God's promise. God's given them peace and it surpasses all understanding. And as a result of that peace, He's guarding their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. No, they can't change the situation they're in. There's certain things that are beyond their control. But their heart and their mind are right with God. He's given them peace and He's protecting their heart and mind from, from being um, divided, from being discouraged, from being defeated, and therefore they can come before the presence of God and they can praise Him with their whole heart. You know what? I can't think of a better way to live, can you? And that's what God promises us if we will let Him guard our heart. And so let's go full circle now. The key to a spiritual checkup is being able to look at your prayer life. When's the last time God answered your prayers? And if He hasn't answered a prayer in a while, you got to find out why. Is it because you hadn't been praying much? Is it because He's been telling you things you don't want to hear and so you just kind of push it back? Uh, is it that God is... Um, telling you something you don't want to hear that, you know, you're saying, yes, please give me this, please give me that, and he says no, or my favorite word, wait. Nobody likes that word either, right? Look at how your prayer life is going, and if your prayer life is not where it needs to be, maybe it's time for a spiritual checkup. Maybe it's time to let God search your heart. And just ask, God, show me. Is there anything in my heart that I need to deal with that's come between me and you? And if that's not it, well then, or maybe that is it, then that leads to the next part. Lord, change my heart. Lord, I don't, I don't want to stay stuck. Lord, I don't want to stay like this forever. Lord, I need your grace. I need your help. I can't do this on my own. Lord, would you change my heart? And if your spiritual checkup goes great, and you're like, he didn't show me anything, and I know I'm not perfect, but he's not telling me anything drastically to change. I'm still seeking him. I'm still trusting him. I'm still depending on him. Then let God guard your heart. Are you living your life in such a way that regardless of what's going on around you, you feel at peace within you? That's the key. Because that's what God's promise is. You, you, you pray and talk to him about everything that's going on around you. And He will guard your heart and mind within you. And He'll give you peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. As people look at you weird and go, how are you getting through this? And you say, I'm just trusting the Lord every day. Well, yeah, I know that. But how are you getting through this? I, I, I just told you. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm depending on Him every day. In other words, He's given me 
peace. I don't know the outcome. I don't know what will happen, but I'm okay because it's in His hands. More than that, I'm in His hands. And guess what? That's enough. That's enough. And so my prayer today is that you and I will learn how to deal with our hearts. And once we learn how to deal with our hearts, then we are able to help others deal with their hearts. And so I want to encourage you today to think about what makes this all possible. And that is Jesus. He he shows us the heart of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. And He died on that cross for you and for me. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death that you and I deserve. And now He's willing to offer the gift of new life, salvation to anyone who will trust and follow Him. It's my prayer today that you will look at where you are with God. Do a spiritual checkup. And if things aren't where they need to be, take these first steps to get things right. Lord, search me. Lord, change me. Lord, guard and guide my path. Well, let's pray. Father, we come before you today. Thank you for this time in your word. And Father, I pray if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day where they step out And say, Lord, I'm going to turn around. I'm not going to go in the same direction anymore. I'm going to turn and trust you. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And Father, I pray if there's someone here today that's willing to take that first step, Lord, I pray that they'll take that first step today, to trust to follow you and to tell someone about it. And Lord, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that that Lord willing already know you. Lord, help us to be willing to get that spiritual checkup. Lord, search our hearts. Show us, Lord, if there's something in our hearts that's come between us and you. Lord, reveal it and make us willing to turn from it and ask you to change us, Lord. And then for those that are walking with you every day, there's nothing that's concerning about the spiritual checkup. Lord, teach us to trust you more. Teach us to depend on you fully, wholeheartedly, and completely so that you will give us that peace that surpasses all understanding and that guards our heart and mind in Christ. Father, we love you. We praise you. We ask for your will to be done in this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.